Hi everyone, welcome back to Zero Way Step by Step. My name's Emily and this is episode 7. I hope you've had a lovely couple of weeks. Um, I'm doing well. I've got a big uh, gingerbread coffee in front of me. Taylor Swift has dropped a new album this week. Life's good. So we're going to be talking about uh, composting as our topic today. Uh, as you would have seen from the title of the episode. But before we jump into that, it's time for the Positive Eco News. So the Positive Eco News today is from my adopted country, Spain. And my source is uh, The Guardian, a newspaper in the UK. And essentially, Spain has announced plans to really ramp up their Uh, climate provisions and the climate legislation for the coming years and the main focus is a break from fossil fuels and Spain is now one of the leading countries in Europe to be uh, shifting away from coal which is amazing so Spain plans to be carbon neutral by 2050 and over the coming three years Spain is committed to 27 billion euros to be spent on green energy And in total, they're going to be spending 750 billion euros. Uh, That's the forecast that um, it will need to fund the move away from fossil fuels. And I'm just going to read from the article here. So by 2050, the decarbonisation strategy envisages a 90% reduction in emissions, the reforestation of 20,000 hectares and the recovery of 50,000 hectares of wetlands. Renewable power, meanwhile, will rise from 20% of the energy mix to 97%. The bill that Spain have put forward um, to tackle climate change is actually more ambitious than the proposals put forward by the EU for renewables and energy efficiency. And the new bill would ban new coal, oil and gas extraction projects and end direct fossil fuel subsidies. And something that is uh, revolutionary and not seen anywhere else in the world is that Spain is shutting down 69% of its coal-fired power plants this year and next year. And the Spanish government also say that its decarbonisation plan will increase the workforce in Spain by 1.6%, so it's not going to be a drain on employment or the on the economy in any regard. But I think the hurdle they have to overcome is convincing a big investor to get on board with the plan that they have. So yeah, these are really ambitious policies put forward by the Spanish government, and it's so great that they're really pioneering in Europe and really the world with the plans that they have. So yeah, really proud to live in a country that's working so hard to meet these uh, climate goals. So moving on from the Positive Eco News, uh, we'll jump straight into our topic this week, which is composting, because I think this is going to be a relatively long one, because <laughs> um, I've got quite a lot to say and quite a lot of information I want to share with you, just so that you're as fully informed as possible and you've got all the tips and tricks that I've learned um, this year, because I've only been composting since the beginning of the pandemic, so March 2020, when we were all forced to be fur- furloughed and stay at home is when I finally got around to making myself a compost bin, learning all I needed to know to get this thing started. So that's the first thing really I want to put across, that it's never um, too late or a bad time to start. If you have like a spare weekend where you can uh, take the steps that I'm about to explain to you, then anytime's a good time to start with this. And you don't need tons of equipment or anything fancy to get this going. I know a lot of people have really like cute um, countertop composting bins with like a carbon filter. You literally don't need anything like that. Um, If you have a spare like a bin lying around or like a few plastic containers, like you can definitely do this. 
Uh, I also want to say before we get started that this is just what works for me. So if you're someone who uh, is in a different situation, say if you live in like an apartment or if you live with other people or your family, like I really don't know how applicable this is going to be for you because um, I have a house with a smallish uh, garden, but it does have gravel, which is great because it's a really um, mess-free way to have a compost bin outside. So if you only have an apartment with a balcony or say you have like a garden but you only have decking something like that um it might not be as easy as it was for me to get started but i know there are definitely resources out there for people who are living in smaller spaces or don't have access to a garden um i know there's such a thing as a worm bin which rather than just letting the waste um, rot of its own accord you've got worms that do the work for you I know there's a Japanese uh, bin, I think it's called a Bokashi uh, style compost and that works a little bit differently and it's good for smaller spaces. You don't need like a, a massive bin in, in your garden. So so yeah, just a little disclaimer that these tips might not work for everyone, but uh, they might work for some of you. So hopefully it'll be helpful for some people. And if it's not, you can definitely do research into what kind of composting would work for you in your situation. So just a funny thing to get us started, I actually found... Uh, the very first conversation I had with my partner about composting when I realised, and I only realised this towards the middle of last year, so this is how new this all is to me, um, I sent a message to him saying, right, I said, listen, right, organic waste, I thought it went along to the landfill and that was all good and it would just decompose. Not true. <laughs> that was in capital letters. I said it doesn't get the proper aeration, it just sits there and there are like 50 year old corn on the cobs sat in landfill. Obviously I'd read some kind of article because I put a quote from the article next. I said, things like guacamole, hot dogs and newspapers have been found in perfect condition from the 50s. I was horrified by this information and obviously I had to share it with my partner. So I essentially said to him, I'm not okay with this and we have to start composting. So that's where my journey started and where I started learning about it. But as I say, I didn't actually implement this until uh, March 2020. Before that, I transitioned from just having like a plastic bin liner and just putting all our rubbish in there and throwing it away, like as I think most people do. Um, I then discovered there's such a thing as compostable bin bags. So I was splitting all of the organic waste from any other kind of waste, things that couldn't be, things that weren't organic. Um, but then I, again, I was just throwing them in the, the landfill. So I thought at that stage, as we can see from those messages I sent, that I was doing the, the right thing because I was just separating my organic waste. I was putting it in a compostable bin bag and then disposing of it. But as we know, uh, as I think we mentioned in the food waste uh, episode, things that sit in the landfill, organic waste that sits in the landfill does not decompose properly. So before I jump into telling you uh, how I got started and how I prepared my compost bin and everything like that, I'm just going to talk you through some benefits of composting because some people may say like, why, like what, what's my motivation to do this? So let me tell you, I've got uh, 10 benefits of composting that we're going to go through quickly. And my source for this is a website called uh, edisonnation.com. So first one, nice and obvious, is it reduces landfill waste. So all of these facts are based on the US. That's all I could find. Sorry if you're not from the US. But uh, in the US, garden food scraps make up 25 to 50% of what we throw away. And the United States Environmental Protection Agency estimates that one quarter of the waste in landfills could have been composted. So composting not only removes content from our landfills, but utilises that content. 
so yeah it's really staggering that how much we're throwing away that could actually be used like the same as recycling it can, can be recycled into compost essentially okay so benefit number two it creates nutrient-rich soil so composting increases the quality of soil by increasing the amount of organic materials and micronutrients farms and gardens will thrive with the addition of compost so yeah if you're i'm not really a gardening kind of person but if you are this is a great thing for you to be doing because you won't have to go out and buy plastic bags of compost or anything like that you're making it yourself which is incredible isn't it okay benefit number three helps to reduce gross greenhouse gas emissions one of the biggest contributors of greenhouse gases specifically methane is it is our landfills if we composted the organic portion of our waste we could drastically reduce those emissions okay benefit number four is it positively affects air quality many people who don't compost incinerate their garden waste burning garden waste can release the harmful chemicals found in fertilizers weed killers and bug sprays into the air many of these chemicals can lead to health problems such as asthma okay benefit number five is it averts garden pests many of the micronutrients in compost have a pesticide-like effect on garden pests in turn composting reduces our dependence on harmful chemical pesticides benefit six is also related to gardening so it neutralizes the soil in many cases soil is too acidic or basic for plants to grow properly adding compost to soil helps regulate the acid and alkaline levels in your soil benefit number seven is that composting increases biodiversity so composting attracts many kinds of worms bacteria, birds fungi and insects that are beneficial to the crop growing process and god do i know that it attracts bugs and insects and creatures things that i've never seen before in my life i know i've seen this myself <laughs> okay benefit number eight is reduces erosion so compost helps to reduce erosion by aiding the soil's ability to hold water erosion leads to nutrient lacking soil and polluted water sources benefit number nine is that composting is cheap um, oftentimes uh, going green can be expensive buying local foods or making the decision to purchase locally grown products can cost significantly more than their less environmentally friendly counterparts and composting mainly require purchasing a receptacle to recycle your waste yeah this is very true it's a very cheap or even free way of going really eco-friendly and the final one number 10 is composting is cost effective in many places both homes and offices we are charged based on the amount of rubbish that needs to be disposed if we were able to reduce that amount of rubbish by composting it it would help to save money so i'm lucky enough to live in a country where we don't have to pay to dispose of our rubbish based on the quantity or anything like that but i know that certain countries do have this so yeah there you go it uh, could even save you money okay now we have our why let's move on to the how so i'm just going to explain to you the things that i used to get started and what i did well the very first thing i did is watch loads of youtube videos and try and educate myself on what to do but hopefully i'll be able to do that for you i'll do my best so um, the first thing you're going to need is a small container with a sealable lid and this is going to be your container that's going to live in your kitchen so you can gather up all of these food scraps while you're cooking or whatever you're doing so the ideal kind of container in my opinion is one that's not too large but it's going to accommodate 
your kitchen and also uh, accommodate the amount of fruits and vegetables that you eat because that's going to be the bulk of what you're going to be putting in there so if you're the kind of person who's getting through a lot of fruit and veg and you've got loads of scraps and peelings and cores that are accumulating throughout the week you're probably going to need uh, one large or i would recommend two smaller which is what we have containers in my opinion plastic is the best because you like a durable plastic because it's easy to clean um you can get like a snap-on like lid that's gonna stop any scents from getting out but as i mentioned previously you can get like specific compost bins um i've seen them on advertised on the internet that have like a carbon filter that also stop any smells but i think like the eco-friendly choice is always going to be to use what you already have so we just used a couple of old um, popcorn containers so they're like big buckets with lids and I find that works really well for us some weeks we fill one some weeks we fill two depending on how healthy we're being in a week and something I don't recommend is using like a regular pedal bin with a compostable bin liner because this is what we did to begin with and it creates so many problems so the bins that have the pedal tend to have uh, like holes in the bottom so liquids can seep through and this is the problem that we kept having so we were using the compostable bin liners and they're nowhere near as strong as like a plastic bin liner would be so they often break or leak or like if you're putting a lot of heavy things in there which vegetable scraps and like coffee grounds and tea bags all of that stuff is heavy so if you're piling all those things into a compostable bin liner and it's in a bin that has holes in the bottom you are going to get like gross stinky like fluids all over your kitchen floor like it's not a good choice so i don't 100 recommend just a plastic container with no bin liner um that you can just put things straight into with a lid that seals so it's completely sealed off from any kind of leakages or smells so that's your first thing that you're going to need um the second thing is optional but i would definitely recommend it so this is um in addition to your big containers that you might keep like under the sink or something we have a smaller plastic container that we keep on our countertop and this is just for like daily use so if you're chopping vegetables uh, for your dinner you might not always want to get the big container from under your sink and have it next to you and put your scraps in there because it might be a bit like smelly or it's like you don't necessarily want to be looking at that while you're making your food because it might have like um lint from your hoover or like dust or dog hair like it's not like the best thing to be looking at while you're trying to cook food so we just have like a little container that we keep on the counter we put all the daily scraps in there and then i empty it into the slightly bigger container that's under our sink on like a daily basis and then just wash it out so it's not gross so really like you can work around this by like just collecting up the scraps and when you finish cooking just putting them straight into the bigger uh, bin that's under your sink but if you don't want to be going and getting that compost out every like you know multiple times a day um i think this is a good like lazy option <laughs> and then still within the house one other thing that i would recommend that we have and this is the only other bin that we have in the house is one for your bathroom so all i put in here is uh, the cardboard tubes from toilet roll any hair that might have collected in the shower or on my hairbrush and compostable cotton swabs or like q-tips i think you call them in america <laughs> mine are just made of i don't know if they're made of paper or bamboo but they're compostable anyway so i just keep a bin in the bathroom and i literally never empty it like it fills up it takes months to fill up so um every so often i'll empty that but um 
it's just handy to have that so you can collect any compostable things from your bathroom. Oh, and going back to the kitchen, the only thing, other thing I'd say is you are going to need, in addition to your compost bin, if you start splitting off your organic waste to the rest of your waste, you're going to quickly realise that you need your recycling bins, your organic compost bin, and then like another option, which is for things that and neither of those things, so they're not recyclable or compostable, there are obviously going to be items like this. So I just have like a small container, it used to be like an ice cream tub, uh, I keep that with my recycling bins, and I just put anything that needs to go to the landfill is going to end up in that ice cream tub. Okay, so you're all prepared inside now, you have your kitchen compost bin, you have a little tub for your landfill stuff, you've got a possibly a countertop little uh, container, and you've possibly got a, a little content, a little bin in your bathroom. Great. We're going to move outside now to the main event, which is your large compost bin. I'm realising as I'm talking that I'm using the word bin a lot, and I don't think for international listeners <laughs> that this is the term that you would use. What I'm talking about, guys, is a garbage can or like a trash can. Is that what you call it? <laughs> like a large um, rubbish bin. Like that's what we call it. Anyway, so garbage can, bin, whatever you want to call it. Mine uh, is made of like a thick plastic and it's not huge, like I measured it yesterday to try and give you an idea. It's um, 60 centimetres tall and uh, it's like narrower at the bottom and taller at the top as you can imagine. As it's 50 centimetres, the lid is 50 centimetres across. And to give you some perspective, I started filling this compost bin, as I said, in March and I still haven't emptied it at all. So I've been putting in my my vegetable scraps and leaves and newspaper and loads and loads of stuff since March. Every single week I've been emptying like big popcorn buckets into it and it still hasn't needed to be emptied at all, which I think is incredible. Think how many bags of rubbish I would have sent to the landfill before doing this and now I've just have one 60 centimeter bin that I've been using for months and it's not even full. <laughs> so anyway, you're gonna need to like find in your house, I just happened to have this um, bin that had been given to me by my grandma um, and I wasn't using it. I think I was just storing like stuff in there. So I emptied it out and it was perfect. You need, you're gonna need a bin that has um, a lid that stays on. So actually my lid doesn't stay on. It doesn't have any clips or anything. So I have to use like a bungee cord to, I wrap around the handles and then through the lid and then through the other handle that's how I get around that but if you can get one where the lid like snaps on with like a metal um clips that would be good as well so yeah either you're gonna have to go out and buy one or find one around your house and once you've got it the next thing you're gonna need to do is drill some holes for aeration around the bin so I drilled holes around the sides so in four different points around the sides from the bottom to the top, I did like a, a line of holes. So yeah, four lines of holes all around the sides of the bin. And and then I also did some holes in the lid. So I think they're just like random. The only thing I would say is I think I did my holes a little bit too big because like I'd say like little creatures and flies can get in there probably easier than I'd want them to. So if I were to do the project again, I would make this, the holes a little bit smaller but essentially it's worked fine so it, it, I don't think it really matters as long as you've got some holes in there it's going to be fine I forgot to mention also you have to drill holes in the base of the bin as well and this is so that the like liquid can like drain out of the bottom so just make sure you put like a load of holes in the bottom as well maybe like I don't know like 10 to 15 holes 
So you're gonna drill your holes in, and once you've done that, you have one more step, and this is to create some kind of hole in the bottom of the bin. When I say the bottom, I don't mean the base, I mean uh, on one of the sides, you're gonna need like kind of a little door that you can open to extract a finished compost because if you think about it you can't just keep indefinitely putting more and more new food scraps in the top without taking anything out the bottom so this is just i don't know if this is the best way to do it this is just the way i did it um i just got like a little knife like what are they called like a stanley knife you know the kind i mean that you just like click up anyway so i just used the knife to cut uh, like a square in the bottom, only three sides. So I left the part, the very bottom that, that attaches to the base intact. And then I just went up, across and down. So it's like a little door that you can pull downwards. Do you know what I mean? To extract the finished compost out of the bottom of the bin. I'm gonna put loads of pictures on my Instagram of uh, my compost bin so you can see how I've done it. Cause I don't know if I'm explaining this very well. But anyway, so I cut the little door and then just to be fancy, I attach like a little handle onto the door so I can pull it open. So once you've done this, you're pretty much ready to go. The only other thing you're gonna need is um, access to a hose pipe for adding water to your compost bin and some dry leaves or newspapers, any like dry materials, they're called browns in composting terms. So when you're composting materials, you have your greens and you have your browns. The greens is all like the organic materials you're gonna be getting from your kitchen or your kitchen uh, scraps and food and all this sort of thing. Um, and then any like grass clippings, for example, is gonna be considered greens. And then your browns is dry leaves, newspaper, dry any other kind of paper um, and there has to be a healthy mix of both of these things in order for the compost to work properly but I'm telling you it's nowhere near as complicated or scientific um, as it seems because I literally had no idea what I, I still don't really know what I'm doing and the composting uh, process has really just worked by itself like I haven't had to have much intervention it's really worked naturally and I haven't been scientific in how I've balanced the greens and the browns at all so I really wouldn't worry too much but anyway in order to make it easy for myself I do have one other container next to my outdoor compost bin which is just like a black it used to be my kitchen bin which obviously I didn't need anymore once I started composting because I started using just the plastic containers instead of a kitchen bin so I've moved that to the outside and I keep all uh, old newspapers and dry leaves in there so that I can add them every time I empty my food waste into the main compost bin. So this leads us to what is the procedure once you, you've got all your setup, I've explained exactly all the various bins that you need, what you need to do to the compost bin to make sure it's well aerated, you've got your lid, you've got your hose pipe, you've got your dry leaves, you've got everything ready to go, right? So what is the process? This is how it works. So you realize that your kitchen compost container is full of scraps. It's time to empty. This is what we do. First thing you do is you try and get your partner to empty the bin for you because even though all of this was your weird eco idea, you still try to make them do it. That step usually fails. <laughs> we move to step two. He doesn't comply. You have to do it yourself. You gather your compost bins from the kitchen. So you make sure you've emptied your little countertop one into the main ones. Maybe if your bathroom one is full, you'll collect that as well. But generally you're just gonna be doing your kitchen. You take them outside. You set them down next to your outdoor compost bin. You grab your hose pipe, make sure that's all ready because you're gonna need the water. You open your outdoor compost bin, you open, take the lid off. 
you throw it to the ground and you scream because there's bugs everywhere. <laughs> no, it's not as bad as all that, but sometimes I've opened the lid, I've looked at the lid, the lid is covered in eggs, bright red eggs. I don't know if this is a Spain thing, like I don't know if this is an international thing. I was terrified. <laughs> this hasn't happened every time, but sometimes I open it and weird things are going on. I opened it two weeks ago. There was a plant growing inside the bin that wasn't there last week. You're going to encounter some weird stuff. So <laughs> that step is going to be, you open it, you see what you see. Creatures, plants, like God knows. Anyway, <laughs> we move on. You're now going to want to crack open your kitchen containers and empty all of the food scraps and everything else into the compost bin, the outdoor one. And this is a good time to engage your hose pipe and wash out those kitchen containers because they're going to need cleaning anyway. And it's way easier to do it outside, obviously. Uh, if you've got gravel like I have, it's really easy. So I usually like wash them out with the hose pipe and then also use the opportunity to put some water into the outside compost bin because as well as it get enough air making sure it's got enough moisture is another important step so you're going to want to wash out your containers pour some water into the outdoor compost bin make sure everything's nice and moist okay next step as i said you're going to have to get a healthy balance of greens and browns so you've just emptied in the greens which is your all of your food scraps from the, throughout the week once you've done that and you've added some water, you're going to want to put a layer of browns. So this is where my little um, bin that's next to the compost bin, which is full of newspapers and leaves, comes in handy. So I'll just put like a few handfuls. You're supposed to do, right, 50-50. 50% greens, 50% browns. This ratio doesn't work for me <laughs> because I have a lot of kitchen scraps, but I don't want to be filling the bin with loads and loads of leaves because I feel like it's going to waste a lot of space. And as I say, this system has worked perfectly for me since March and the, bill, the bin hasn't gotten too full and it has decomposed really well. So for me, I just add in a few handfuls of leaves and maybe get a couple of pages of, of a newspaper, an old newspaper, and rip it up and add it in. The reason I have so many old newspapers, by the way, you might be like, who the hell has newspapers? My parents have um, a shop and they have uh, like a newspaper stand outside of like free newspapers. So uh, they usually have like ones that are left over that are going to get thrown away. So I normally rescue them and use them for my compost if I can. Anyway, so yeah, you're going to have your layer of uh, browns on top so your dry leaves and your newspapers and then just for like good measure like as I say I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> I just add some extra water um on top of that just so that I know that the leaves and the paper is nice and soaked as well so it's like locking the moisture in and then you're pretty much done you whack the lid back on usually I wash the lid off because it's usually covered as I say in some sort of hideous creature or the spawn of some hideous creature so make sure your lid's washed off <laughs> uh, put the lid back on and then I don't do this every time but every like few times every like few weeks you're probably supposed to do it more frequently I don't know um, I put the lid on I wrap the bungee cord around the uh, between the handles and the lid and back on the other handle as I mentioned previously and then I sort of uh, put the bin on its side and roll it a few times on the floor and this kind of just mixes everything up that's inside. It's quite heavy so you wouldn't be able to like shake it or anything, you do need to lie it down on the floor and roll it um, and this is why it's essential that you have a lid that closes properly. So yeah, get it down, roll it around a few times just to make sure there's enough oxygen getting in there and then put it back where it was. So yeah, that's the entire process. Then I just take my uh, kitchen containers back inside, make sure they're all nice and clean and ready to go for the, the next week. 
and that's it. And as I say, this is just like a once a week task. You don't need to worry about this until like the weekend, as long as you've, your container's big enough in the kitchen. So this is not something you have to be dealing with on a, a daily basis. And sometimes I can even stretch it for two weeks. It kind of just depends how full the containers in the kitchen are getting. So yeah, it's not too arduous, like it's all right. So the next thing I'm gonna run through is uh, what exactly you can and can't compost, because I think this is really important. Most of it is like kind of intuitive. You sort of know what's organic materials and what you can't really put in there. But there are a few things that you need to know. So I'm going to start with what can be composted. And this is just a list I found on the internet, which is quite comprehensive. But then there were a few things I thought of that I put in my compost bin that weren't on the list. So I've added those on as well at the end. So this is the official list. Uh, The first one is animal manure from herbivores, but not meat eaters like dogs or cats. So yeah, don't be trying to put your dog's poop in there. It's not a good idea. The next thing is cardboard rolls, cereal boxes, and brown paper bags. Then clean paper, paper towels, coffee grounds and filters, cotton and wool rags, dryer and vacuum cleaner lint, crushed eggshells, but not eggs, just the shells, fireplace ashes, uh, fruits and vegetables, grass clippings or garden uh, trimmings in general, uh, hair, human hair, pet fur, anything like that, hay and straw is fine, Um, houseplants, leaves, uh, nutshells, seaweed, but it says to rinse off any salt water, uh, shredded newspaper, tea leaves and tea bags, but I do want to say here that not all tea bags are going to be suitable, and we'll talk about that in a second wood chips, sawdust, toothpicks, and burnt matches. So that's the official list. And then I've just added a few things um, that I've noted myself that are absolutely fine for the compost bin. Uh, The first one is natural cork. So if you have a bottle of wine that has a cork in that is actually made of cork, not plastic, and you can tell the difference by looking at them. So just make sure to check that before you go putting it in your compost bin. Um, Yeah, they're fine. What else? Bits of cotton from if you've been sewing, if you've got any cotton left over, that's absolutely fine. As long as it is cotton and not like polyester or something like that. Old uh, washing up brushes. So if you buy compostable uh, bamboo brushes like I do, not the ones obviously with the plastic bristles, that's not going to work. But if they are bamboo bristles, that'll be fine. It might be in there for an extremely long time. I don't know how long it's going to take to decompose, but it's not going to be a quick one. But they are compostable ultimately old coconut scrubbers so i told you that i recently invested in some of these and yet they're fully compostable uh cotton birds slash q-tips as i mentioned before uh if you've got somebody in your life that smokes ask them to stop but if they won't stop if they smoke roll up cigarettes with just like a paper filter not a plastic filter obviously that should be fine to compost ashes from incense if you burn incense um i normally just hoover mine up when I'm finished and that goes in with the compost, that's fine. Nail clippings, human, pet, whatever they are, nail clippings are fine. And oh, that's the end of my additional uh, things that I wanted to add to the list. Okay, right, we're gonna turn now to things that you cannot put in a home compost bin. So the very first thing is meat, fish, egg, or poultry scraps. So if you're vegan like me, you, this is not gonna be a problem you're gonna encounter 
but if you do still eat meat or fish or eggs, um, if you put these things in your compost bin, it can attract rodents or other creatures um, and it could create bad smells as well. So it's not a good idea to be chucking those in there. And the same with uh, dairy products, exactly the same problem. And then also fats, grease, lard or oils. Again, it can attract unwanted visitors to your compost bin. The next one is coal or charcoal ash. So we mentioned previously that you can add uh, fireplace ashes, but not if it's a coal fire because it contains substances that are harmful to plants. So it's not going to be beneficial for your compost. The next one is diseased or insect-ridden plants because the diseases or the insects might spread within the compost. You can't add, as we mentioned earlier, uh, pet waste, uh, as in dog or cat feces or cat litter, because it might contain parasites or germs. You cannot add yard trimmings or garden trimmings. Yard is so American, like it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Any garden trimmings treated with pesticides. Um, because it might kill your composting organisms. And this is very specific, but uh, it says black walnut tree leaves or twigs um, can't be composted because they contain substances which are harmful to plants. And then finally, cigarette ends. As I mentioned, if it's a cigarette with a filter in it that's made of plastic, that's not going to decompose. Okay, that's everything on the do not compost list. So as I say, it really is quite intuitive. Um, especially, as I say, if you're vegan, because you don't need to worry about adding in something that you shouldn't. Food-wise, everything that you eat is going to be fine to um, put in the compost bin. Because, yeah, this is another thing. I see a lot of lists for do and don't compost. And on the don't list is, like, cooked food and um, bread and a few other things. And I've honestly not had a problem with adding any of those things in. I don't know if they put them on the list because, again, they think there might be... um, predators or pests that might be not predators that's the wrong word but you know what I mean um pests that might be interested in trying to eat like cook food out of the bin but um if you don't really live in an area where that's a problem then I wouldn't be too worried like I don't think it affects the quality of the compost but cooked food in I mean it's it's food at the end of the day it's gonna rot and decompose so yeah I think cooked food's absolutely fine I just wanted to mention now um a few issues that you might come across that I also uh, have come across a few of these and it's knowing what to do with certain things so one of them is as we mentioned before um, it says that tea bags are fine to compost and this really is not exactly true it's been shown recently I've watched a study that was done in the UK of like five well-known tea bag brands and all of them were tested to see if they contained plastic and I think it's something like four out of five of them did so most commercial tea bags nowadays do contain plastic so you can't be chucking them in your compost bin so you've got two choices really you can go for a plastic free tea bag and these do exist i'm just going to google quickly uh, which one was plastic free give me a second okay so the following tea bags contain i repeat contain plastic pg tips tetley twinings yorkshire tea and Lidl's own brand. All of these are a no-no. These are all plastic tea bags. <laughs> tea bags with no plastic. Um, some of these I haven't heard of. They must be more expensive brands or something. Okay, Abel and Cole. Clipper. I know that that's um, a well-known brand, but I think it is a bit more pricey. Uh, Co-op's own brand, which is good. 
puka herbs, tea pigs, Twining's pyramid range only, so the other ranges are not, only the pyramid range, and Waitrose duchy range. If you don't want to retain that information and try and remember which tea bags are plastic free, or if you live in a different country that don't have the brands I've just mentioned, a really good option is just loose tea leaves. Once you can find some that are nice, like I was struggling to find some, they were all very like earl grey, like very fruity. I just wanted like a normal black tea and actually have managed to find one um, where I live now from um, the supermarket Carrefour. So yeah, if you just get some loose tea leaves and you get like a metal strainer that fits into your mug or there's various ones you can get, like little cute silicone ones in the shape of like animals, like whatever floats your boat. If you get loose tea leaves and then uh, some kind of strainer, that's a great uh, plastic-free option. And then you can like compost the tea leaves, which is great. On the subject of plastics being deceiving, one of the things that's a really big issue nowadays is plastics that are marketed as biodegradable or compostable so this is like a big booming thing now where people are trying to switch to compostable plastics or plant-based plastics and brands are trying to like encourage people to buy them actually they can do more harm than good because although they say they're compostable that doesn't mean they're home compostable this means they are going to be compostable in a giant facility where uh, really high temperatures are going to be used or the certain conditions are going to be used Um, and they may not even work in those but they're 100% not going to work in your bin in the garden like the sort of setup that I've got so that presents the problem then what do you do with these so-called compostable plastics because they can't be recycled because they're not compatible with our recycling systems that work with actual petroleum-based plastics and they're not compostable in a regular bin so yeah it's quite a bad uh, problem to be honest because there's not really a solution for it unless you're really lucky and you live in a place that does do industrial like government level composting which are good for you like I'm, I'm glad that you live in a place that's um that like that because that's so brilliant like if I didn't have to do this and I could just pour all my food scraps on my doorstep and have them taken away by the council I would be absolutely thrilled so yeah that's that is a problem compostable plastics or so-called compostable plastics Another issue that I've considered uh, on the topic of plastics in your compost is um, what do you do about microplastics getting in there? So, for example, if I'm vacuuming, I know for a fact that sometimes I vacuum up um, little bits of plastic. For this week, for example, um, I'd had my Christmas decorations up and I know that definitely there was going to be glitter on the floor um, that I'd vacuumed and this is going to be getting into my compost. But I think you just kind of have to go with it. Obviously, it's not ideal, especially if you're going to be using that compost in your garden to grow vegetables or plants. You'd rather it didn't contain microplastics. But I think ultimately, like, you just have to do what you can. Like, I can't help that sometimes there might be, especially at this time of the year, glitter on the floor that's going to be getting into my vacuum. I really don't think it's going to have a massive impact. Like, at least that's not going into our waterways and contaminating the water, I guess. It's just going into my little compost bin, which is just sort of sat there. So, yeah, I think you can drive yourself mad with things, but you just really have to do what you can. So, yeah, that's another issue that you might consider. Another thing that I've thought of is... (laughs) now I've got all this compost what the hell am I going to do with it because I'm not really a gardener 
it is starting to accumulate now I've looked in the little you know I explained that I put a little uh, door on the the front like at the bottom of the bin that I can open I have opened the little door and observed (laughs) what's going on at the very bottom of the bin and there is compost there and it's starting to fill up so I'm just getting to the point now where I am gonna have to do something with it I'm not gonna use it to to grow anything with because it's just not really my bag so I know some people say, oh, you know, you can donate it to friends or family or you can uh, oh, take it to the farmer's market. Like farmers will want to take it from you. When you're like really introverted, the last thing you want to do, <laughs> like me, the last thing you want to do is go up to farmers at like a market and start talking to them about your weird composting project in your back garden and asking them if they'd like to have this compost from you. Like it's literally my worst nightmare. So I think really what I'm going to have to do is, uh, which is a bit mad, but I think it's the only solution I can come up with, is take my compost bin once it's to the point where I can't get anything else in there and go to somewhere in the forest or the woods where and just empty it out onto like the forest floor because I can't see anything really wrong with that. Like it is just going to degrade and like go back into the soil in the forest so I feel like this is a good solution for somebody who doesn't like to garden um but if anyone can think of a better thing for me to do with it please let me know I don't really have any family or friends who want it so I think this is the method I'm gonna have to go with but the thought of trying to get that extremely heavy thing into the back of the car and take it up into the woods and dump it it just sounds a bit mental but I don't really know what else to do (laughs) And then the final uh, composting issue you might come up against is uh, living with other people and people not necessarily wanting to get on board with this wacky thing that you've decided to do. Um, I don't think it's wacky at all. Like I think that we've gone so wrong in our world without what we do with our waste. And I just feel like composting should be a normal part of everyday life. The same as like recycling is or any kind of like waste disposal it's very clear that that's what we should be doing without organic matter, like not throwing it into a landfill where it's just going to sit there. Anyway, it's a new idea and a strange idea to a lot of people. So if you're living with people like your parents or maybe flatmates or a partner that's not particularly um, embracing of these kind of things, this could be difficult because they're maybe not going to want to separate the waste in the way that you need them to, or they might slip up or make mistakes. And this might be difficult to deal with if you are, uh, you know, a perfectionist like me, like you want to do things properly, you want to get things right. Um, but I think you just have to be patient with people and maybe like try and explain to them why you want to do this or make it really easy for them. So just label maybe the bins really clearly with where each thing has to go and just put it in really like clear terms for them and just try and like take as shoulder as much of the burden as possible. So try and make it your responsibility to empty the bins and to keep on top of the compost and um all that sort of thing if you take control of the situation their input uh is quite minimal i'm sure they'll be happy to get on board with it but ultimately if you do live with other people who are not very compliant with this sort of thing there's only so much you can do so i don't think really you can beat yourself up or feel bad if you ultimately are not able to compost at all or only like sometimes you can't feel bad or be too harsh on yourself 
until maybe your circumstances change and you're living with somebody who is into this sort of thing or somebody who's happy to go along with it which is more so like my partner like he thinks it's a bit mad but he is (laughs) he loves me and he's willing to support me and he's willing to go along with it so (laughs) so yeah that's all the composting tips and tricks I have for you um I hope I've explained this like quite clearly I feel like at times I was rambling a bit but I've done my best (laughs) Um, I'm gonna upload some photos on Instagram, as I say, of the bin, uh, maybe like all my containers, like it's not the like cutest content, but if it helps you to sort of visualise what I'm talking about and like what I do personally to make it easy for um, my family to, to do this, um, yeah, I'll upload some stuff. I'd like to say I'll do like a video tutorial, but I'm a bit like shy, so um I'll bit maybe I'll build up to that maybe I'll do that like next year or something but I could do kind of a video showing you how I uh, empty the bin and what you know the greens and the browns and like the mixing everything together the aerating I don't mind like trying to do something like that <laughs> so yeah I hope this has been helpful to you uh if you want to check out the photos and videos my instagram is at zero waste underscore podcast So yeah, it'd be great for you if you could follow me over there. So I'm going to finish today's podcast with the win and fail of the week. So the fail, I think, is like quite relatable for people this time of the year, especially with the pandemic as well, as things are a little bit different. We're all uh, ordering things online, probably far more than we would at a normal Christmas. So yeah, that's my fail, really, just ordering lots of presents online and everything that comes with the packaging, the uh, emissions from transporting things around. So it's not ideal, but it's, you know, it's a one-off. It's one time of the year and I'm doing my best to be sustainable in other areas. But yeah, that would probably constitute the fail of the week. The win of the week is a bit of a funny one. So obviously I live with my partner, as I've mentioned before, and he is like, he's vegan. Like he is on board with quite a few of like the sustainable things we do. Um, some of them he thinks are a bit wacky as I mentioned like with the composting but I try my best not to like force him to do anything he doesn't want to do in terms of like uh, switching to soap bars in the shower like he prefers shower gel Uh, I think I've mentioned before like and I just let him carry on with that um, if it's something he really doesn't want to do and one of the things he hadn't switched was deodorant he was still using normal like plastic roll-on deodorant and then like aerosol deodorant sometimes as well but anyway he recently ran out of deodorant and i was going to the supermarket so i said oh don't worry i'll pick you one up and then i don't know if this is like a subconscious thing but i forgot his deodorant and then weirdly he went to the supermarket the following day and he also forgot it as well so during this time these like two days I'd said to him oh not to worry like just borrow mine and um as as I've mentioned on the pod before uh I have wild deodorant so if you haven't heard of wild um they're a really good company they um have really sustainable practices and ethical sourcing not testing animals vegan I think they're carbon neutral or they offset their carbon in some way a really good company anyway and all the you have basically an aluminium tube and then you just put your compostable refills into the tube whenever they run out so yeah really good and it's one of the only natural deodorants that I've tried that have actually worked for me like sometimes they're a bit like chalky or they leave like bits in your armpits like they're not very smooth or they basically just like don't stop you from um, smelling like they you just still smell like sweaty and gross 
anyway, so I really, really like Wild. I've been using them for a couple of months now. So I let Kat borrow my deodorant while he didn't have one. And long story short, even though the story's been really long, <laughs> he tried it and really liked it. He was like, hmm, I kind of like this like fancy like coconut deodorant. I was like, oh, do you? <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll totally get you one. Like if you want, that can be like part of your Christmas present. I'll get you like your own tube and then we can like, I'll just up my refills. Like I think you can up it from like every 12 weeks delivery to every eight weeks to get your refill sent in the post. So yeah, that's what I've done. I've got him like his own aluminium casing for the deodorant and we'll be getting some extra refills soon. And the cool thing is there was a special Black Friday offer on his aluminium casing where they planted uh, two trees for each person that bought one. So yeah, two trees have been planted for that purchase as well, which is really cool. And also Kat's made the switch to a sustainable deodorant. So yeah, brilliant news. So that rounds off the episode. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, everyone and oh I forgot to mention I was supposed to say at the beginning of the podcast but I've hit 1000 listens now from the various episodes which might not sound like a lot to to some people like I know like big creators that is like literally nothing but I I, to me like that's incredible that there's 1000 listens to the episodes so I'm really proud of that and really grateful to everyone who's um, listening and supporting me so thank you so much for continuing to listen and I'll see you in two weeks time. Uh, I think that's going to be after Christmas. So have a lovely Christmas. Uh, Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye.